0: Hey folks, welcome into Onto Waveland. It's the Chicago Cubs podcast here at The Athletic. I am Brett Taylor, joined by Sahadev Sharma and Patrick Mooney. And how you guys doing today? Riding the wave of, of uh, just like screechingly, scorchingly hot streak for the Cubs, winning four of their <laughs> last five. Eh? Yeah, we can do that in a short season. We can be like, ooh, four of five. They are on fire.
1: Yeah, I guess you'll take it, right? You'll take any stretch after the the so-so play that we'd seen from them. Uh, I mean, they're hitting homers, right? So uh, that uh, that seems to be a cure-all for this offense. Once they start sending the ball over the fence, it it starts to it starts to look a little bit better overall. And, well, you uh, had just said that. that
0: what like ten days ago or something that they were a three true outcome team that was only getting two of the outcomes.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it was it, it was kind of it was becoming kind of obvious how how rough it was to watch those games, because when you grind them down and, and don't <laughs> don't score the runs where you're you're literally clogging the bases, uh, you're doing the what Dusty Baker said, uh, never really liked. Was that Dusty Baker? I'm yeah. not applying that. To, OK, and, uh, so it, it's a, I mean, it's imperative that they said that they start hitting home runs and obviously grand slams, three run homers. Those are better than anything else. So. So keep doing that if you want to if you want to win some games, Cubs. The math
0: checks out on that, by the way. Grand slams and three-run homers, they count uh, yep. uh, upwards <laughs> of 50% more than other <laughs> types of home runs. They're better. <laughs>
2: Just want to apologize in advance. It's really hard to focus because Brett on our Zoom call is not showing his video. It's just like this alternate podcast site black screen. So we have this Wizard of Oz voice being piped in. It's really comforting on these Zoom calls when Brett refuses to make eye contact ever and is just staring off into the distance uh, in his
0: office. So
2: if our rhythm's a little off, I'm going to blame Brett, obviously just being a good team player. Uh,
0: it's I'm trying something new. I'm trying some nude podcasting oh, no. I was you know it's an old Bill Simmons trick uh, you just disrobe you feel very comfortable. You put uh, everyone else at ill ease, but yourself at ease. And it just, it kind of like makes you uh, seem a lot more functional by comparison. So yeah, we'll see how this goes. No, I i kid, but yeah, I, <laughs> I did wonder what it was going to be like for you guys. We've got, uh, you know, everybody's got uh, remote learning for their kids right now. So two of mine, as we record, are on their school meetings and I prioritized them not getting kicked off by lack of bandwidth over me getting kicked off so you know if i get kicked off you guys can handle it
1: <laughs> definitely yeah that's not that's not an issue for us
0: <laughs> uh speaking of issues transition the cubs do arguably have uh for all their home run hitting and heated upness right now they do have um a, a looming issue in their rotation um, it was nice to see Uh, Another really effective start from Kyle Hendricks last night, albeit against the pirates, but you know, they're professional hitters too. And he'd had some struggles, um, recently not really get able to get the ball down. It just seems to be a real bugaboo for him at great American ballpark in particular. Um, but nice to see him pitch well last night, but that of course came against the backdrop of uh, another injury for Jose Quintana, um, which he himself was set to slide back into the rotation finally uh, because of an injury to Tyler Chatwood. Um, so now we're looking ahead, and it's a situation where, yeah, arguably you can say, okay, well, you take the f- the front four, and then it's just going to be Adber sliding into the rotation. He he looked good in his uh, start against the Cardinals a couple weeks ago, filled in out of the bullpen, looked good. He's the next man up. Great. Well, but the Cubs also are playing a doubleheader this weekend. And so they're necess- they were already going to have to rejigger things a bit. And now without either Chatwood or Quintana, um, y- you're looking definitely at another full-in starter this weekend. Uh, probably a bullpen-ish game at a time where um, you really can't afford to lose any other starters because, you know, I, I just don't know who – right now at the alternate site is in a position to slide in the rotation if it came to that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was thinking the same thing. We're, we're down to, we're looking at, you know, as depth after Alzali, it's, you know, Tyson Miller and Colin Ray, I think, are the obvious choices. Uh, I was wondering, like, what happens if you need a different starter after that? It, like, where's Corey Abbott as far as his progression, uh, you know, not – it's it it suddenly it's uh, i mean it's getting to the point where they're really testing their depth and and we we knew that that was a possibility once quintana went down early on uh and it's i mean i think the the fact that it's a short season this kind of throws everything uh you know, out of whack for Quintana, wondering what a season, if it's going to be a lost season or not, because right now we're talking about left lat inflammation. We we should talk to David Ross in a couple hours. He, you know, we didn't ask him about, uh, we didn't ask him if if, uh, Quintana had had any imaging of any sort last night. I was going to ask him that in pregame today and just kind of see what what the forecast is here, because we don't really have anything. This is something that apparently he felt... In his last start, uh, I'm trying to re- recall exactly what uh, Ross said after the game yesterday. Uh, he was kind of feeling it. They were they were assessing it afterwards. He threw a side session yesterday, and that's when they realized, yep, yeah, it's still there. Okay, uh, time for an IL stint. And so, my assumption is he hasn't had any real testing done, so he's going to have that done, and and we'll we'll see exactly where he is and how bad this injury is. But I'm trying to think back on lat injuries and. I think for the Cubs, the last time we we faced this uh, was with John Lester, and and he missed about a month with that when he had yes. that lat injury. That's uh, correct. So, and I think that was kind of a optimistic situation in the sense that he, you know, that things went well for him and he came back after a month. So. <laughs> It's a this is a potentially lost season for Q. We don't really have a timeline or anything for uh, Chatwood here. Uh, So we're looking at two guys getting it down potentially like for an unknown period of time in a shortened season. Uh, Alzalai has to step up. I think that that's the bottom line. Mills kinds of need to kind of needs to find that rhythm. He was in early and and Alzelay needs to step up otherwise i mean we're talking about going calling upon colin ray or or having tyson miller make more starts i don't i don't know where that leaves the cubs i think that's a kind of a precarious situation to be in so it's a you know we didn't spend a lot of time really digging into this uh yesterday just yet since the news came right before the game started but this could be a significant uh, issue for the Cubs if uh, uh, if if anybody struggles really right now, and and obviously we know there's a few guys who we're keeping an eye on when it comes to Mills and Lester. I don't know how that, that suddenly we were what what was it two weeks ago? I gave them the kiss of death by saying that the rotation actually has some depth and looks solid. So, uh, so now now there's a lot of question
0: marks.
2: I love overplaying injuries. That's part of our job and predicting doomsday scenarios I'm not quite there yet just because I still remember in 2018 I'm I'm still amazed that the Cubs won like 95 games with while getting you know absolutely nothing out of 40 percent of their rotation um you know two guys in Darvish and Chatwood that they really banked on and got either nothing because of injuries or underperformance and I still think that the Cubs I don't know they seem to find a way um with this pitching infrastructure and their game planning system that, um, I, I think they've certainly built up a nice cushion in the, in the NL central in a year with an ex- expanded playoff field. And, you know, look, I mean, Darvish just has to pitch like, you know, a Cy Young front runner and Hendricks. Uh, I think, you know, there are absolutely no concerns about him like ever, uh, you know, John Lester, has had some rough moments but you know still ultimately uh you know a person that you trust you know down the stretch the bullpen um these guys that we've either (laughs) never heard of or don't know much about that they've recently added are gonna have to you know step forward and Ross will have to figure it out uh scripting out you know some bullpen games but I think you're right side of like And I know, Brett, you were kind of getting into this on on Twitter last night of, like, we've all wanted to see what Azalea could do. These are not the ideal circumstances uh, in which to do it. But, I don't know, the Cubs have been talking up this guy for years, and he's either been injured or he hasn't quite put it together or they've, you know, had these World Series expectations and a full kind of rotation, so... Look, I mean, this is a guy who really dedicated himself during the quarantine. I know he had a couple of tweets when they arrived in South Bend that, you know, <clears throat> the Cubs kind of generously said that maybe he didn't have the full in, set of information. Um, but I think it kind of obscured what he had done during shutdown. And, you know, Cubs officials have raved about, you know, his conditioning, uh, his willingness to be coached the way he's kind of been pitch labbed up i don't know if that's a verb yet but we'll go with it and i think theo said you know he kind of went from having you know a couple of pitches to like you know five different options with the way he's been been able to apply you know some of these lessons here so i don't know i like to see him you know kind of unleash him and see if they got you know they're gonna have to there's gonna be a season next year too and there's gonna be a lot of uh, uncertainty uh, and he's a guy that you know it's kind of now or never right
0: Yeah, a little more on Alzheimer's in just a moment. want to get in a quick word from our sponsor. So back to Alzali for a moment. Uh, I I want to just amplify that point that, like, when you have a rotation that is otherwise full, and indeed you have a couple extra guys of depth behind that rotation – it's necessarily going to be thorny circumstances when a youngster that's behind that group gets a chance to make multiple starts. And you, you sort of, I, I, I don't know, <laughs> Twitter's always an indelicate place to make these, these points, but you know, I, I am, I'm really excited to see how get multiple starts, especially in advance of a 2021 season where he's going to be out of options and there's going to be upwards of three openings in the rotation, and you'd love—I I, guarantee—the Cubs as an organization would love nothing more than Alzolay to show down the stretch that that they can at least, you know, make the point this offseason. Ah, well, we don't need to add three starters in free agency. We've already got Alzolay. He can—it's—it's it's him and Darvish and and uh, Hendricks, um, because I do think we're going to see a lot of austerity around the league this offseason in free agency. Um, but for as excited as I am about that, and for as much as I'm sure the Cubs want it to go right, it just it sucks to lose the depth. Um, and, you know, we had seen with Quintana, for example, he'd already shown the ability to fill in in the bullpen. And that, in some ways, is going to sting the Cubs down the stretch. It just is. Um, and uh, what I think about is you've now got a rotation with maybe two guys. Uh, you know, obviously Hendricks and Darvish, who you can count on for six plus in most starts. Um, Mills, I think we are seeing that you've got to be a little more cautious with him that third time through. Uh, We already know that now about John Lester. That's just where he is in his career. And Alzali, I don't think you can say for sure. I mean, like his next start, he's going to face the Cardinals again. So they're going to be seeing him in pretty quick succession, uh, which is therefore going to tax the bullpen, nice that they've got nine in the pen this year Um, a few guys that they can shuttle in and out from South Bend but I think that I just wonder if these injuries to two guys we think of as starters will actually wind up manifesting as a real strain on the bullpen
1: yeah that's kind of what I was thinking too in the sense that uh, oh were you really that great (laughs) that great point that I just made you're like I
0: was thinking that too I just well, didn't get a chance to say it in the rotation that we do. <laughs> yeah. Damn it,
1: Brett. Uh, you're just so much more thoughtful than I am. I have to try and steal your ideas every once in a while. Uh, though it, well, I was thinking that uh, Alzali has looked good enough that at some point he's kind of forcing himself onto this roster. And, and you know, with the, with the doubleheader coming on Saturday, I figured he was going to get another start. Uh, and now it now obviously he's kind of part of he's likely part of the rotation. Uh, it, I it felt like he had a chance to be an impact arm in the bullpen and just be a multi-inning guy going forward. If Q kind of developed and and set, and kind of looked like he was trending in the right direction, if he could have kind of been a five-six inning guy uh i I was a little concerned about how q was uh the stuff was just degrading so quickly over his first couple outings in the sense that he was going two three innings and then by the end of it it was like whoa there's a significant difference here in how he looks and how the stuff looks the command quickly went i don't know if that was just simply him building up and and he didn't have a spring training and this was all part of the process or what uh but uh part of that made me wonder like okay alzali could really help this team eat up some innings after q uh just be a high leverage guy in other moments uh i feel like they had they, they were going to have some tough decisions at least with the bullpen as well with uh chafin uh possibly coming back we don't know exactly when he's going to come back uh and and aj ramos we don't know exactly when those two guys may arrive if they're if they're kind of uh, like I was saying with Alza, like kind of forcing the issue and and making the Cubs now all of a sudden have to make some decisions with their bullpen because we saw them DFA Sadler. I was wondering, okay, is that a decision between Sadler and Underwood? And now Underwood's kind of on the clock. Let's see what this guy can do. Because Underwood's one of those guys that's tantalizing in the bullpen, in my opinion. He He's 26. You watch him when he's right and when he's actually locating the fastball. And that looks like a potential guy that they could have as part of their bullpen and you know going forward for a few years and and a, be a big part of their bullpen so you don't want to just give up on that guy so I'm kind of curious to see how it all plays out with a couple guys uh in South Bend and with I guess it kind of it gets clarified now that Elzelay is has, is being put in the rotation in all likelihood. But that was something that had been uh, been in my mind right before that injury to Quintana happened was how are they going to kind of slot this bullpen when guys start forcing the issue in South Bend because some of these guys are just too good to be kept down in a sense. I mean, we know Chafin is part of the major league bullpen when he's healthy. What is A.J. Ramos? And and like I said, I, I just wanna, I wanted to see what Elzelay could be uh, it, it's like you you laid out exactly why it's important for him to get starts right now and and to see this and this is maybe an opportunity for him to seize uh but as far as the twenty twenty season went, I really thought that if Q could have been a six inning guy then uh alzali could have been an interesting weapon out of the bullpen but now now we'll see what he can do
2: I remember it was like my second season covering the Cubs in twenty eleven and like uh Andrew Kastner and Randy Wells both got injured like the first week of the season. And I think it was Randy Wells said something like, well, we'll find out what we're made of. And obviously the Cubs just got destroyed. And I feel like now it's, it's almost Labor Day weekend. Like Tyler Chatwood got absolutely hammered in his last two starts. And there was a separate injured list in, in between those. So I don't know. I, I think there's a way to navigate this. I, I think that the Cubs, you know, we haven't really seen them, uh, do openers or kind of stuff like that. But I think the game has just kind of changed to the point where, you know, even, you know, John Lester is kind of like a five inning pitcher now. And like every day it's this, you know, bullpen matrix, the Cubs are already, you know, into September. Uh, we're talking about what 20 something games, uh, I think as long as they're, and it also kind of goes back to I think we're going to get into the offense here. Like, you know, sometimes you got to win a game eight seven, like they did the other night. Like, <clears throat> they built this team around a, a big core of young hitters. They made kind of these targeted additions to lengthen the lineup. And we keep hearing about that over and over again. Well, like, let's see it now. You know, you, not every game has to be like three two, like, hit some bombs and give them some breathing room, you know?
0: Those are good points, Mooney. I I was I was also thinking of all of those points. Exactly. Uh, And uh, but I Doctor. I I got I got another. Yes, (laughs) I got another point to make that I'm not sure you guys are thinking about. You probably are because it's very important. It's a message from our sponsor, Manscaped. And they've got you covered to keep your hair looking nice and trimmed and feeling fully supported. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. I did not come up with that. That's that's, that's a good that's a good line though. Uh, so I you know I am personally a user of uh, Manscaped. It um, it just takes care of what's going on downstairs. They also include for you. They've got these uh, anti-chafing boxer briefs which it pops in my head because of the acquisition of andrew chafin it's impossible not to make chafin <laughs> jokes like it's just impossible uh but anyway there's boxer <laughs> briefs they, they're cooling they, they they keep you taken care of as well so anyway check out manscaped you can get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code theathletic20 you go to manscaped.com and you get 20 percent off plus free shipping with code theathletic20 so, uh, yeah. Before we wrap up, we had I we got to mention a little something because it was funny to hear it from Chris Bryant. So the Cubs and the Reds this past weekend got into a little bit of beef. Um, what's the easiest way to set up? I mean, I, I feel like there was a, a little bit of a lack of love because Anthony Rizzo took Trevor Bauer deep twice. I think there was you know chatting coming from the Cubs bench. They're very vocal we saw this going way back to the brewers series that opened the season um you know you can hear teams and across the field and the cubs are very vocal i think the reds didn't care for that so i think they had a young pitcher decide to try to make a statement threw on over anthony rizzo's head and then we had some drama unfall you know from there and um What was interesting, too, in a follow-up to that is one of the Reds broadcasters on Fox Sports Ohio, Danny Graves, former Reds pitcher, um, had a lot to say about, um, you know, the Cubs feeling entitled, like they are the special team, that they think they're America's team, and they can say whatever you want. I mean, he had, like, good humor about how he was saying it, but I did feel like he encapsulated this idea, particularly from the Reds and their broadcasters, I feel like, about just, like, this deep antipathy for the Cubs and their fans. It, I don't know, presenting them in a way that I don't really think is all that accurate, but uh, Chris Bryant responded to some of the, um, you know, obnoxiousness that gets thrown around about the Cubs. And I was curious what you guys thought about that.
1: I, I like that he admitted it, that he's like, yeah, we're kind of obnoxious over there. And we kind of he he said they go over the line at times. And and I think that kind of was misinterpreted. I'm glad uh, Sully followed up on that, because what he basically meant is like, we're just kind of being obnoxious and, and saying ridiculous things. And his point was like, we're not you know, he's not we're not being inappropriate. It's just like this isn't something you do walking down the street like if you if you were screaming in someone's face like this you'd be like wow that's not appropriate that's that's over the line but you they're not saying like awful things that you would you know you'd just be uh, offended by but i think it's just you know college high school you know sophomoric behavior that that's kind of funny and enjoyable and keeps things loose and then also cheering on your team maybe a little trash talking in a fun way uh ultimately i i've it's it's interesting that you said that about the reds broadcasters because i feel like the reds in particular have been annoyed by this uh i know in the press box when when i was in cincinnati someone asked me like is this going to keep up all game like do they really do this i didn't think i i don't think it kind of sunk in for me uh a little bit early on in that first series, it, it hit me like, "Oh, the, this is going to be a thing." Huh? I just figured everybody was kind of doing this in summer camp, you know. Trying, there's no fans. T- teams are going to try and get into it and and do this. Okay, maybe this is unique to the Cubs. Uh, asking around yesterday, since Brian said that, and I was going to write about it, I I, I found that actually you know i think the reds seem to be one of those teams that's more annoyed than others uh one some other another team another beat writer told me he enjoyed it and that actually he doesn't think the cubs are the loudest in the league uh other teams have uh other beat writers have said actually after the cubs left town or after the series with the cubs i noticed the team that i cover has been louder uh I know San Diego's apparently one of the loudest, if not louder than the Cubs uh, dugout. And, you know, I don't hear anybody complaining about them. That's a young, exciting team that everybody should be watching and embracing. In my opinion, if they're being loud, Hey, more power to them. I, I like it. I think it's, it's a fun aspect of the game. I'm not sure if it's something that in this, the exact way that it's happening now needs to continue when fans come back. Uh, But I like energy. I like people, you know, hooting and hollering. Uh, I like a little trash talk. I think that's all fun. Uh, I I don't know that, you know. It doesn't bother me if it if it ticks off the other team. Frankly, as long as, like I said, as long as you're not being like over the line and offensive, I don't really care if the other team is bothered by it. That's part of the point in in my mind. The if I were part of the team I'd want to annoy the other team with my celebrations and and the fact that we're piling on runs or whatever right like that's a good thing if you're annoyed if you're thinking about the way I'm cheering then you're not then you're not focusing on the task at hand which is trying to win a game so uh, the, you've already won in my mind
2: I guess irony is dead but there is probably something to uh, the Reds broadcasting group, taking offense into something that the Cubs are saying in the dugout. But I did actually like Danny Graves. I watched that clip right after you had posted it on, on bleacher nation. And he said it with a smile. And I thought he made some really good points because it echoed what the Cubs themselves had been saying for years when he used these like loaded words, like entitlement and stuff like that. And that was kind of pre pandemic kind of the end of the joe madden era that was clearly something that was on theo's mind when he was doing these you know 70 80 minute one-man shows uh for these end of season press conferences after another disappointing finish and you know obviously the world has changed so much uh since then but within the game i think there is this kind of uh these mixed feelings towards the Cubs, particularly when when Joe Madden was the manager, and as the Cubs were building this, and Theo was saying things like the Cubs are coming, when they were finishing in in last place, um, the way that they've you know played the game with with a lot of emotion and just how successful they've they've been, and the fact that they're always going to kind of be this team in the Central that spends more money uh, than everyone else. They're always going to be the you know, kind of biggest city and have the most iconic stadium so i don't know it was kind of refreshing uh with everything going on in the world to just see just some old-fashioned just bitterness between the cubs and and reds and i will encourage that uh from here on out
0: (laughs) uh yeah so um we will get uh another rivalry taste this weekend with the team that the Cubs actually consider rivals, the Cardinals. Um, just kidding. That's a, little, that's a little, shot there. If you say it dryly enough, maybe people won't pick up that you're taking a big swing. Uh, but it, no, so they'll wrap up with the pirates later today. Um, and then, like we said, five games against the Cardinals this weekend in four days. Um, that is going to be tough on the Cubs, but it reminds me that the Cardinals, I believe at last check, had um, 33 games to play in the final 25 days of the season. Um, Man, not saying have sympathy for the Cardinals, but geez, that's going to be rough. So anyway, we'll be back at you next week after that series concludes, hopefully to remark about how incredible Adber Alzali looked again. And uh, we appreciate you listening as always. Make sure you are rating and reviewing us. This is on to Waveland. You can catch us anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, That's Sahadev Sharma and Patrick Mooney from The Athletic. Read their great work there. Uh, I'm Brett Taylor. Get my stuff at Bleacher Nation. And we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, folks.